Abner Mayers is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Abner is also a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mars, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who make him the boxer and the man he is. The two parts I'm most excited about are Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ and also the sports, music, culture and family life he gets into. Like myself, one young daughter, obviously him with his two daughters. Um, It's going to be an interesting listen. I'm really looking forward to hearing along. Listen to On The Hook with Abner Mars wherever you get your podcast episodes in English out on Tuesdays, episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Mahomes. As the time delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel of Rotoviz.com. Sean, on today's show we're going to be joined by one of our favourites, uh, we're going to be... We have uh, we've had a nice little run over the last couple of weeks actually in our in our league that we have on the FFPC with Pat Corain and Peter Overzet, uh, our chasing OT team, and uh, hopefully we're going to continue that good run here as we head hopefully towards the championship. But Pat Corain is going to be the guy with the, the clip for us this week, so I'm looking forward to uh, listening to the clip uh, and then giving our thoughts on it after. But before we get into the clip, uh, I want to make sure that the listeners, if they're not already, are following Pat on Twitter. It's at Pat Corain. Of course, you can check out the, the Ship Chasing podcast with him and Peter Overzet, and of course, his work can be found as well on Establish the Run. Uh, Sean, I think uh, I know we mentioned it on on Tuesday's podcast, but this is one that we're uh, we're excited to talk about. Uh, I know we've. We've heard the clip already. Let well let the listeners know we've we've heard the clip. Where, <laughs> but we're going to play it now in a second for the listeners. But are you excited for this one? I am. I mean, past one of my favorite guys. I think he's one of the best minds in the industry. I always learn a lot from him. We go on the on the show, uh, ship chasing. It's always fun to bounce ideas back and forth to see what he has to say and so to have pat on the show we really appreciate him coming on and he should have some great info for us right here yeah so i guess uh, we've teased it already let's let's stop teasing it let's uh let's let's play the clip hey colin and sean after this week i just wanted to get some more of your thoughts on this rookie wide receiver class we've had some amazing performances from this class and wanted to get your revised thoughts on just how good this class could end up being i mean This week, we saw C.D. Lamb just have an amazing game. He had a 33% target share this week. That was supposed to be the problem in Dallas. There were so many good wide receivers there, and yet he really emerged getting peppered with targets this week. Uh, He has 17.4 fantasy points above expectation on the season, looking like a superstar. Jerry Judy's been banged up a bit, but he has a .49 whopper, which is pretty good, and he's really emerged as the team's number one wide receiver in place of Cortland Sutton. Justin Jefferson has broken out of the last few weeks. He's now eighth among all wide receivers in FPO. Uh, T. Higgins is starting to really come on. Looks like he took A.J. Green's job last week, and he was fighting Tyler Boyd for targets this week, kind of emerging ahead of him in the pecking order, at least for this week. Chase Claypool kind of bearing the lead here. He just scored four touchdowns. 
He only ran a route this week on 66% of dropbacks. So there's upside for more for him if he can get on the field more, I think. Obviously not maybe in the touchdown department, but he's not maxed out in his playing time yet. Uh, He's wide receiver three overall in FPO on the season, and that's on running a route on just 49% of dropbacks this season. Then we've got guys like LaVisca Chenault and Brandon Ayuk, who just like look like potential superstars after the catch. They're kind of coming on, uh, and we might be seeing huge breakout weeks from them in the near future. Then we've got guys like Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman, KJ Hamler, who've all struggled with injuries, but did seem to earn pretty big roles in their offense, uh, or even have that coming back, like Ruggs. And then we've got guys further down the list, like Gabriel Davis, who look like promising sleepers. So, This class is looking completely loaded. How likely is it, do you think, that we ultimately view this class as better than the one that gave us Mike Evans, Odo Beckham Jr., Allen Robinson, and Devontae Adams, among some other guys who looked very promising, like Sammy Watkins, Jordan Matthews, Brandon Cooks, but never quite hit the true superstar level. Very curious what your thoughts are here on where we might be rating this class ultimately. So, Sean, the question is, it's pretty simple. is this the best wide receiver class ever? I guess I'll, I'll simplify that down to. And I, I think the one thing I will I will give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back, Sean, uh, in the offseason, and you mentioned on, on Tuesday show as well, uh, Pat's partner in crime in terms of Peter Overzet with his clip earlier this offseason after the draft about how good this class was and how people were overlooking it. And I think all offseason, obviously we were big fans of Jonathan Taylor, uh, but I think like in terms of the, the other wide receivers in this class, we were very much on board, you know, all the way down to, to like the likes of LaVisca Chenault. And, you know, we were just really, really like the crew uh, as a whole. Um but it's really it's really developing like the last two years we've had good rookie classes but this really could verge on that 2014 class as you know you know being the the all-time i i would class that as the the best wide receiver class in recent memory certainly in terms of uh fantasy football rookie kind of time frames i guess would you agree that the 2014 first of all is the current best class and then i guess uh secondary what's your thoughts on how good this class could be in, in 2020 that 2014 class is going to be very hard to match. I wrote an article a couple of months ago comparing these two classes because it's so much fun to look at them in the context of each other, right? We had this 2014 class that had all of these great scores in the wide receiver prospect lab. I compared the two classes on those metrics. Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham, better than anyone in this current class. But then as you go deeper, into it, you find that about halfway through in terms of these first you know, two, three rounds, the big names, it flips and the 2020 class is actually deeper, right? So when you're talking about someone like Henry Ruggs matching up with Paul Richardson, you've got T. Higgins down there against Allen Robinson. You've got Mims versus Moncrief. You have Claypool against Benjamin. It'll be fun to see how all of these guys pan out. Pat giving us some great stats there. When we look at what the 2014 guys did, it's extraordinary, right? You had Odell Beckham, 297 points as a rookie, and he didn't even play in all of the games. Mike Evans, 245. Benjamin, 227. Jordan Matthews, who you forget about now, he had a great score in the wide receiver prospect lab. He had some injuries after those first two seasons. He's one of the only guys to go you know, back-to-back 200 points to start his career 202 as a rookie, Sammy Watkins 200, Jarvis Landry 189, 
Then you have some guys like Brandon Cooks who didn't have the full year numbers, but were injured halfway through, were on pace to have very, very big years. One of the things going back and looking at it too is that when you talk about the second half of the season, these guys are averaging, you know, very much sort of league winning types of points. Beckham, 28.6, right? I mean, that's going to be <laughs> league winning, you know, even if you take the very best seasons of guys like Julio Jones and, and Calvin Johnson. And again, I mean, Beckham doing this as a rookie, Mike Evans, Mike Evans over 19, Jordan Matthews, Jarvis Landry over 14. And so the numbers that we're seeing are similar to some of the things that they did and we're seeing these numbers right away right and so to look at the historical numbers and i've included numbers from other guys in the article as well just to give some context you have julio jones over 20 you have anquan bolden who we mentioned on tuesday 19 michael thomas 18.7 you know last year we had aj brown one of our favorites over 17 lee evans over 17 juju smith schuster at 16.9 so we know that rookie wide receivers can put up the big numbers i mentioned that i think people should have been drafting these rookies in redraft a little bit more and you mentioned the people overlooking this class i don't think that they were overlooking this class it's simply a matter of when you had a class like this to sort of make the same mistake that people made a couple years ago with the calvin ridley Cortland sutton group to have these guys with the very good profiles to have them down there at the round one round two uh, sort of turn in i mean it, rookie dress don't have the turn but to have them at that first round second round borderline when you consider what their profiles are it it really is one of these situations where the rich get richer and the teams who are winning their leagues are not being penalized because when you get down in that 10 11 12 range in the first round you actually still have the best guys available to you right i mean you're having a justin jefferson available to you at the end of the first round you're having brandon Ayuk and lavisca chenault available in the second round and i think that all of those guys are going to do some of the things that Pat was talking about i think that we are going to look at them and say okay these guys are as good as that 2014 class and so then colin throwing it back to you looking at these guys within the context of the exercise that we talked about on tuesday right we redrafted 2019 and 2020 classes against each other and there were a couple of clumps of wide receivers that came up that i thought were really interesting right so we did the first round on the show on tuesday the second round starts with Henry Ruggs at 13, Jerry Judy at 14, Edwards Hilaire is sandwiched in there, which again, I think it's not even Edwards Hilaire has been disastrously bad. I mean, he hasn't been good, but the volume is of an easy RB1. And to see him falling to this point in the rankings, even having posted five consecutive weeks of fairly negative efficiency, that just emphasizes not really his travail so much as what these other guys are doing so then lavisca chanel 16 chase claypool at 17 claypool coming off of the four touchdown 40 plus point game uh, one of those things where you're very excited if you're a claypool owner uh, looking across leagues a lot of people had him on the bench which honestly is probably where he belonged just rationally uh, you look at that and you're like well i'm going to miss maybe the best game of his career almost certainly the best game of the season but now with these four guys 
We're still dealing with a situation where we don't have that much information. We've seen only flashes from rugs. We've seen only bits and pieces from Judy. Although in addition to that ability to get open underneath, he flashed with that crazy highlight uh, touchdown reception in week four. Chenault not being targeted as much as you might think, given what he is doing with those targets compared to some of their guys. And then Claypool now in the situation with Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson. It was just a couple of weeks ago that that was really one of the main debates in the fantasy community. And in the trade discussions I've had with Deontay Johnson owners, I you know you, you can't get him. But I always like to work in the fact that you know you may think that Johnson is the guy here that he's going over smith schuster but what if you have a guy coming up behind him who's going to go over him immediately in terms of actually being the alpha number one on this team even before this four touchdown game i was getting responses from claypool owners saying this guy is a future top 10 wide receiver and so with a 42 point game claypool still being there at number 17 column where do you rank these guys against each other rugs judy chanel claypool uh, well obviously we're coming off the back of the claypool game so people are probably going to have him at a lot higher uh kind of perception than than most people would have but i think like where you have him here is pretty pretty fair the part that was interesting obviously in the, the article if we jump back to that is you know deontay johnson going now behind claypool but i think like there was a lot of positives to see from claypool this past week and in terms of the percentage of routes run to the actual targets that he got this week um, you know the efficiency was was tremendous and that's probably not going to happen on a weekly basis but it, it was really really good to see from him when we're looking through them i think that like you've mentioned rugs is showing flashes you know he, he has only like you know there's been the injury concerns and that with him so far this season but like in terms of explosive plays it looks to be um you know if we can get Derek Carr throwing the ball downfield Ruggs is in a really good position in terms of that like deep touchdown he caught this week against the the Kansas City Chiefs like the defender it looked like he just didn't know what to do with his legs because Ruggs was just running so fast to get away from him um so in terms like I, I think him and Judy are interesting uh we we kind of touched on it uh and and this last show that obviously the quarterback concerns with somebody like a mclaurin uh i would have similar concerns for the broncos we kind of were mentioning it a number of times in the offseason about how we liked sutton how we liked fant how we liked hamler and how we liked judy and then we were saying like well if we like all these guys it's you know how come we don't like the quarterbacks much now obviously uh an injury to lock has changed you know the overall complexion there but the the team as a whole uh the quarterback could be the, the main concern moving forward the one i like the one you like the one we all like is lavisca chenault and if we could like the downside is is we're not seeing anything from chark which we were wanting to see um you know all all off season what we were hoping for the the big continued success to come from him but chenault is showing you know that he should have been drafted uh you know a, a, above a number of receivers that that went uh before him we were talking about it at the draft time i mentioned that you know the injury concerns were you know i thought we're overblown around the time of the combine um, and that seems to be proven to be the case you know he just looks he just looks fantastic you know the more they can get him the ball the more plays he's gonna he's gonna make and uh like in terms of his size his physicality everything just looks to be pointing in the right direction for him so uh i i really really do like like chenault there um rager uh similar to rugs i just think we need to get like you know see him consistently there's a couple of of these wide receivers who they haven't really broke out uh and 
I think as the season goes on, we'll see them have those big, big games. Uh, Ayuk's another one who's having those chances, you know, to to make plays, but not just on the volume that we would like to see. Like in terms of of his games over the last couple of weeks, you know, he's had three targets, eight targets, five targets, six targets, but the actual efficiency of those targets haven't been that great in terms of catchable balls and things like that. So I think as the season goes on, we'll see more from him and he's already shown what he can do in the rushing game. Uh, so I I think that there's there's big games coming from there as well. You also have T Higgins mentioned in the list. Uh, like Higgins, like just he look, I don't know. He just looks so so big. He look, he looks so much bigger than any cornerback trying to cover him and things like that. So I think that he he's somebody as well who, while he had one of the one big game, I think his development has has shown really really quick and in terms of adapting to the NFL and. I know, Sean, it's something that you mentioned a couple of times about AJ Green was at the end where he was being drafted in the offseason. Unfortunately, as much as we've loved AJ Green over the years, it, it looks to be completely done and dusted, a little bit like we mentioned with Philip Rivers. It's always sad when we see players who, who may have just got to the end of the, the road in terms of their production, but it seems that way with AJ Green. Out of those players I mentioned, Sean, is there any of them that you would have different thoughts on? Is there any of them you would, you would disagree with? Um I know you asked me to, to rank them in terms of the players. The the list has kind of slipped my mind as to where they would go. But I think it was Ruggs, Judy, and Chenault and Claypool. Um, I would be going with Chenault, and then I would go Judy, Ruggs, and then Claypool based on where I'd be taking them at the current moment in time. But my, my big fear at the moment with Judy is quarterback play. But I would imagine that when we get to 2021, the quarterback for the Broncos may not be on the roster at this current moment in time. I think that that concern may actually apply to the Jaguars and Chenault as well. This was an interesting game. You look at the completion percentage numbers, especially when he's targeting sort of his main guys. When he's throwing the ball to Chenault, to Chark, to Keelan Cole, the numbers for Gardner Minshew are very, very good. His completion percentage sitting there at 70. But when you watch the games and you see what they're doing in terms of what these routes actually are, how they're getting the ball down the field, how they're structuring these drives, even with James Robinson playing extremely well, there are issues on this offense. And it was a little unfortunate, I think, since he he really showed up as quarterback. But a couple of the late passes to Cole in this game last week were bad enough that uh, Cole basically just threw a temper tantrum out there on the field (laughs) and so when you're looking at at some of those kinds of issues the the quarterback play does sort of pop up there's this question of okay well jay gruden calling the plays there's both some excitement there and maybe some red flags considering you know what he's done most recently but there are a lot of targets going to the less talented receivers in this group right chenault and dj chark have caught 40 one of their 48 targets on the season and yet big chunks of the game they're simply not involved at all chanel caught all 12 of his short passes he's also caught three of his four targets of 15 plus so we're seeing that there is this deep ball potential as well but when they had a, a key play late in the game it had to score you know down there inside the five they've got you know a four wide receiver formation in which uh, chanel not even on the field right and so colin johnson catches a touchdown pass they have his potential talent in there as well with this big six five guy with some athleticism and so there are a lot of pieces we we have to hope that the targets become a little bit more concentrated on the best players in this offense i would also probably have chanel up there at the top but i was trying to 
not let the enthusiasm I have for him and the bias that naturally starts to leak in when you have almost 100% ownership on a player compared to Ruggs and Judy that I have you know, much, much less of. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and then there are no long-term contracts. Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners to our podcast a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with our free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is the best offer available anywhere. Go right now. It is Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. And then we get into, column this next group that you had mentioned where I have Rager at 19, a little bit harder to analyze since he hasn't played, T. Higgins at 22, and Ayuk at 25. You had mentioned that we're not necessarily seeing what we want from Ayuk yet, but again, based on a couple of the big plays where he scored touchdowns, Ayuk now played in three games, averaging 14 points per game. T. Higgins averaging 14.7 over the last three where he's really started to have opportunities if you got those numbers over say the second half of the season you'd be very excited right i mean those are very playable wide receiver numbers and there's the potential that we could get even more these guys you know come in with the great resumes pat he's on the show today we've got to mention i mean he's an Ayuk enthusiast uh probably the number one Ayuk guy out there in the community i like to to battle him for that title a little bit but you know we played him on our, our chasing ot team this week we had multiple guys playing in the tuesday night game and so we weren't sure what to do with Diggs and aj brown sort of split the difference a little bit there but we have those guys on a lot of teams expect them to do well when you look at what they did again when we talk about the wide receiver prospect lab jalen rager actually number one ahead of cd lamb brandon Ayuk number three right so when we're talking about this absolutely loaded class then guys out there who might still be available who might not have quite the amount of attention or enthusiasm around them and actually might be available because right now if if you're trying to make a play for chase claypool you're going to have to pay as though he's an established star you know with where cd lamb is you would have to pay and that would be justified judy not as much yet but the 
uh, rhetoric surrounding him coming in. If you're going to try and acquire him, uh, you've got to pay as though you know he is an established peak star. When we look at Rager, Ayuk, Higgins, you maybe actually have a little bit of a window. You have a little bit of opportunity. Denzel Mims, someone who comes in right between Higgins and Claypool, has been out completely. Now, you look at that and say, do I really want any part of the Jets? Except there are some positives there. I mean, you look at what Jamison Crowder is doing. It's not impossible for wide receivers to put up points in a bad offense. And so I think Rager... Ayuk and Higgins are guys to where yes the enthusiasm is there but you might be able to get them with a slight overpay whereas for some of these other players they're probably untouchable at this point and again I I have Ayuk down at 25 he's probably my favorite of that trio but again because of my ownership percentages trying not to let the bias overtake me I think that this 49ers game that just transpired is an opportunity. We know that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be that bad once he gets fully healthy. We know that this team has the ability to create big plays, to run the ball. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, get them right now because they're going to be big time stars going forward. Yeah, and I agree. I was actually going to say that, you know, in terms of T. Higgins, I think he's probably the one that's the most likely to be able to be acquired sometimes it depends on who is like how what's the depth on that team and what the owner thinks of that player but uh i i think that he's somebody out of that list that i think that you could make those offers to make those trades happen and i think people are probably still thinking of uh, aj green maybe having a role i think that t higgins is gonna if he hasn't already he's clearly gonna pass him uh throughout the season and then you mentioned Ayuk. i think it's definitely a, a buy low opportunity for him samuel as well but I think like it just feels to me like it's going to keep going and the the breakout's coming for Branton Ayuk as well. So looking forward to that. So we have the the last couple of weeks as we've done on the the second show of the week. We've we've jumped in, got some recommendations. Sean does his recommendations on the the article that usually comes out uh, at the start of the week on the website, and then obviously we're getting some in from the listeners as well so lots of ones uh sending them to me on twitter lots of coming in through rotavizradio at gmail.com and then we're going to try and use the best on uh, each each week's show so uh, there's a few of them that have come in already i've started to, to dive into them i mentioned a few weeks ago as well um that that i obviously enjoyed afterlife as a as a program and uh, i went back and uh, i started watching that something that i got a suggestion enough that i haven't watched in years as well that i'm very very tempted and i don't know if you've watched it sean is uh prison break i, I really love the first couple of seasons of it i thought those parts where it maybe tailed off a little bit in the, the middle but uh prison break was a show that i i really got uh, invested in at the time when it when it was on back back before the netflix days when it was like watch one episode a week <laughs> back back in the old school but um prison break sean was that one that, that you've watched it, it is and, and prison break is one of those kind of fun shows where it's terrible right but terrible in this <laughs> sort of way where you, you mentioned back before we had some of the streaming opportunities that we do now i remember you know 10 years ago or, or whatever it was 15 years ago now maybe you know living in new york city having uh some you know lots of fun things you can do there and then you come back to the apartment and you know you've got this tiny little box and you're like well what are we gonna do 
uh, with you know just a handful of square feet. And you load up the the projector there, and and you get Prison Break on Prison Break, paying for a dollar ninety nine at a time. You watch an episode, and you're like, well, do I want to spend another two bucks? Again, Prison Break, not the quality of show that we're necessarily recommending in general. But if you want to have fun, if you're not worried about taking it too seriously, you know, you might find yourself, you know, paying two dollars a pop to watch that one. We also had a recommendation here for the show Dark, a German sci-fi thriller on Netflix. It gets a lot of great pub. And I, I love this. He recommends watching it in the German language with English subtitles. I love watching the shows in the foreign language. I think that's a, a great experience hearing the different sounds. Uh, dark something column is that one that you have watched i've watched two or three episodes of this it it is dark it is uh, an interesting <laughs> show to follow the twists and turns it's one of the top ones on my list to go back through uh when you know i have a little bit more time and and can relax and watch it because i think this one that you actually have to to put in some effort to get through it but effort that will pay off once you do this is this one that's been on your list it's one that I'm definitely looking to, to check out. My problem was the obviously the recommendation. It probably is the best way to view these is, you know, if it is a foreign language uh, television show or film, watch it in that language with the subtitles. Uh, my problem at the minute is with a two and a half year old running around when I'm trying to watch anything on, on TV or on my iPad, uh, it tends to be that paying attention enough to see it with the subtitles can be can be a bit tricky so i that that would be at the moment where i would be going and i would have to have to have the dubbed uh, language over it just so i could pay pay along with the with the story itself but i, I do enjoy watching films that are, are and as you mentioned kind of you get you get to hear the different languages and that and i always think like you know certain languages i just i enjoy listening to them you know if i i'm obviously in europe and uh, when you're going holidays to different countries you would hear the local people talking in, in different languages and i always find it fascinating to you know hear those different cultures hear those different languages and uh that that would be something that would interest me in this one but just the, the subtitles one might push it out out a little bit that their uh, recommendation actually came in from uh, keith latine um so thanks again keith for sending in that suggestion and um, i would recommend for people to keep sending them in i know at the start obviously people were sending them in there was only a couple coming in a week and we were using them all now we're in a situation where there there's a lot of them coming in and we're trying to pick pick the best ones but do keep sending them in it's, it's great to keep getting the the interaction coming in and i have uh, checked out a number of them uh, i've replied to everyone that's uh, sent them in as well so if you do send them in uh, we can get a wee conversation going as well sean um obviously there was a our episode last week we talked about a number of different trades and we did get a i got a, i got a tweet short like very very shortly after it uh the show the show had just come out uh maybe a couple of hours before uh and we had talked obviously about you know, trying to move on from those possibly injured players. And we talked about Saquon Barkley at the time. Um, and he said that obviously his team was very reliant on on Saquon. He kind of flipped into that re- rebuild mode. Uh, he traded Saquon, or sorry, he traded um, Alan Robinson for Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, and a 20... 20- 21 second uh, and then he actually went on and traded uh, Robbie Anderson and Mostart for Eckler so he kind of you know went fully for the 2021 season picked up that uh, injured running back currently who we talked about who may be back in a couple of weeks in terms of uh, Eckler um, and then moved Alan Robinson who I love as a, as a player and just wish he, he possibly had a different quarterback um, but two very very interesting trades and th- those come in from Josh Crohn's uh, 
what was your thoughts on both them trades? I think they're both moves, in my opinion, that definitely if you're looking uh, to rebuild and get into uh, 2021, those are definitely moves that are going to look good for that roster come come the offseason. I love what Josh has done here, and it's exciting to see some of these trades, people taking advantage of the opportunities that exist with injured players. It's so easy to look at any time that an injury happens as being devastating for your team, but we talked about ways that you could actually profit from moving some of the injured guys. If you are in rebuilding mode, you know, reach out to these owners who have had the injuries, what he's done here in making the play for Eckler. Now, this isn't you know a no-brainer win where you're going to definitely come out ahead. Robbie Anderson having sort of this bounce back slash reemergence looks like he could be a star with the Panthers. So, you know, you may have traded away someone who ends up having more value. Raheem Mostert, one of these guys constantly putting up the fastest play speeds in the NFL. When you match that with what the 49ers do on offense, you know, you could have a guy here who ends up being as valuable as Eckler down the line, but you've got to take some risk when you're making trades. These players that I talk to owners that I talk to, and I try and develop, you know, positive relationships with everybody in the league. I think that benefits you from a human perspective. It benefits you from a competitive perspective, players who want to hold on to every single guy that they have. Like, how are you going to rebuild if you know you won't make any moves right so you have to take some risks here we saw again in the game you know we're recording on tuesday the game last night with the chargers what justin herbert is doing is crazy right if this chargers team is going to be what it now seems like it's going to be austin eckler moves from someone i had a lot of red flag risk attached to even though i love him as a player to a guy we could be talking about as being very close to maybe not McCaffrey, but very close to an Alvin Kamara type of player. You know, we talk about injuries at this point now. It's it's fairly demoralizing. The, the top four guys that I had coming into the season, you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, and Kamara, uh, three of those, those four guys are out. Hopefully CMC getting ready to come back. Hopefully Dalvin Cook, who's on our chasing OT team, you know, will only be out next week and then through the bye. It makes some sense for them to rest him there. You know, we talked earlier in the offseason about the pros versus Joe's uh, FFPC dynasty team that Curtis and I drafted and put together through trades and how exciting it was to be able to make some trades and actually end up with four first round players, right? Those four first round players, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Dak Prescott. And you look at that and you think, well, you know, maybe Thomas will stop fighting his teammates for, you know, insinuating that he's not the best wide receiver in the NFL. You know, maybe Christian Kirk, uh, I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey is about to come back and do McCaffrey types of things. You know, maybe Cook will only be out, you know, through the bye. You know, we have three other quarterbacks. None of them are going to put up points remotely like Dak Prescott. You know, so in the super flex format, you know, you're really taking a blow here. But you have to be ready and sort of embrace these types of developments now it's disappointing it's frustrating when you watch your guy you know dalvin cook on the way to maybe like a 40 point game you know you look at what madison did in relief you combine that with cook's points and you're thinking well you know i could have won a, a bunch more games for owners in all of these leagues where points matter you know our, our chasing ot team uh, is fighting to be a playoff contender based on points another 20 points from cook you know would have made a big difference there but these things are going to happen you have to build a deep team these trades the the eckler one i think is is fairly even i like all three guys in that i recently traded robbie anderson myself in a package that <laughs> included aj green and mike williams and you're kind of looking at that and thinking okay well you know 
I like Anderson. I've always thought that if he had been playing for anyone other than the Jets, he would be a star. You see what he's doing now for the Panthers, but you're looking at you're like AJ Green and Mike Williams. Like I think AJ Green is done, but what if he's not? And then if you get Mike Williams as well, you know you're talking about a former top ten pick, a thousand yard receiver just last year. I know a lot of people don't like Williams. I thought he was overrated coming to the NFL, and now I have him on basically every team based on just what his trade value has been in dynasty through the years here it was exciting to see him have the big game on monday night you know that trade may still be a big backfire for me but i think you've got to make some of these moves the other trade that josh has given us a rob for justin jefferson rager and the 2021 2021 second i mean i think that i mean i wouldn't make the trades one for one because you have to get more if you have Allen robinson but i think that justin jefferson and rager individually are probably in the same vicinity as robinson there so i mean you you've gotten a two for one in which both of the pieces may actually be you know a year from now certainly two years from now more valuable than robinson that's the kind of team that completely changes your dynasty fortunes i love what josh has done there yeah really good and you mentioned uh, Eckler you know might f- almost fit into a Christian McCaffrey role maybe he could be the 2021 Mike Davis with the, <laughs> in the Christian McCaffrey role the way that Mike Davis has played the last couple of weeks which is I know he's somebody who we talked about last year uh, when he was you know with the Bears as somebody who could have an impact and obviously that didn't happen but man he's he's playing he's playing well over the last couple of weeks but uh, Sean to, to finish things up the last thing we'll do is uh let let you take it away with uh, some of your recommendations uh, for the week yeah and i like to to do sort of below the radar types of picks but as i was getting this one out i was just thinking that the last kingdom people are familiar with that right i mean it shows up on the netflix top 10 anytime that a new season has dropped uh, if you're looking for fantasy, you're probably aware of it because there aren't that many things out there last Kingdom, not exactly fantasy more historical fiction but a just simply better done show start to finish than game of thrones now i'm a huge game of thrones fan i thought until the last two seasons that it was one of the real accomplishments in really all of art i I think that you could make that kind of statement in terms of the quality of the book and then the quality of the adaptation Uh, there's no surprise that it became this global phenomenon then obviously you have the last two seasons which are basically the quality of the last 10 minutes of lost stretched out for hours (laughs) and so you know that's a little bit disappointing way to finish that show if you're frustrated with that or simply just looking for the next thing and you haven't tried the last kingdom the first season is excellent but still doesn't give you a sense of how good the following seasons are going to be utrid son of utrid (laughs) ends up emerging as one of i think the best characters in television history i wouldn't quite put him up there with al swearingen from deadwood but but he's amazing. And I also picked The Last Kingdom because it fits in with a little bit of the theme that I did, sort of a true fantasy in terms of the book recommendation, Red Sister by Mark Lawrence. If you're a fantasy fan, want something that's maybe a little bit better written than some fantasy is, that can kind of be uh, the hang up on, on some of that type of content. Mark Lawrence, multiple series are absolutely fantastic. Red Sister is a book that you won't want to miss. So that's going to do it for the recommendations for this week. But if you have any, hit us up on Twitter at Overtime Ireland or send them over to rotavizradio at gmail.com. We include the best ones on next week's show. Thanks again to everyone who sent their suggestions 
this current week and uh, if we haven't used them this week feel free to send them again next week they, we, we might we might get them added in again uh, as always you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to a rotoviz nfl pass by adding the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information that gets you access to all of the content and tools up on the website all the great articles and, and so on and so forth so don't miss out sign up get yourself that 10 percent discount once again code 2020 rv radio drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app it helps us a lot here helps with the algorithm and uh, helps more people find the show that mightn't help you uh, in terms of your fantasy leagues if people in your fantasy league find the show with the advice that the chambi's given out on a twice a week basis but it does help us a lot so we do appreciate it so drop us that written interview uh, and continue to share the show on social media as well it does help us there also uh, as always my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland uh, my co-host as always mr sean siegel who you can find all his work up on rotaviz.com until we're back next week with another show enjoy this week's nfl action have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.